Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Hello, guys. Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the new and highly touted original series, Titans, or you can jump into the beloved yet bizarre Doom Patrol with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, check out the thousands of comics just added, which includes more recent titles and complete storylines. Join at DCUniverse.com. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly With Carvana... That little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.
Hello, hello. We're getting some Sonequa Martin-Green on the big screen. On top of that, we're going back to that New Mutant story. What are Disney's options with that film? And then after that, it's talking about some Star Wars Episode Nine news. Might come from some leaked material, so we are treading lightly with that story. But if it is true, if it is accurate, if that poster is the real deal or some iteration of one, we got a lot of interesting character details to dig into right now. And I'm going to do that with Kim Horcher and John Roca. Hello. Guys. Hi, hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome. I'm so happy to be sitting at this table with you. I know. <laughs> Is this the first time? <laughs> I think so. Second time. Uh, uh, Oscar night. Yeah, Os- yeah, yeah. I forget oh, what yeah. categories we did, but there was like a brief like three minute segment where we rushed in and rushed out. Yeah. There was one where it's like, I'm not sure what this is, but. Perry can do it. Pretty sure it was a short category, (laughs) which I don't think anybody watched those but me. We know how that goes. All right, guys, you ready to dig into this? Because there's a lot of Star Wars stuff right now. And I'm going to remind you guys, this comes from a report from Making Star Wars. And I'm going to give a little hat tip to Slash Film for breaking all this down. This information comes from leaked material, so none of it is official, none of it is finalized as far as we know, and there are certain little details in the way that Making Star Wars reports all this information, and also just things you could see in the imagery, I think, that might suggest that this is not finalized stuff, it might not even be the final poster you see in a store. So here we go, getting into it. So this original information, as I said, comes from Making Star Wars, and they apparently got their hands on a leaked retail poster and a sheet of character images. And these materials reveal new looks and also the names of new characters. So here we go. On the poster, we see Naomi Aki's Janna. There's a rumor that she's playing Lando Calrissian's daughter, but according to Slash Film Sources, Janna was kidnapped as a child to be turned into a stormtrooper. In another image, Janna is holding a bow and arrow for whatever that's worth. There's another new character on that poster named Zori, I believe that's pronounced, who is believed to be played by Carrie Russell. Slash Film is suggesting that because of her look in that poster, she could be a bounty hunter. On top of that, BB-8's got a new friend. That friend, a little droid named D.O., is in the poster as well, teeny tiny. And here's another detail you're not going to be able to miss from that poster if you take a look at it. A brand new alien character, but here's the deal with that one. Making Star Wars says that the alien on that poster differs greatly from the one that was used on set. So Slash Film is suggesting that the design for that alien could have been changed in post-production. On top of that, that's not even it. Knights of Ren and Red Armored Stormtroopers are also in this poster, and those Red Armored Stormtroopers reportedly report to the Knights of Ren and Kylo Ren himself. The thing to be aware with that detail, though, is Making Star Wars says that the images of these characters in the poster don't appear to be the final versions that they've heard about, and again, that suggests that this poster that's circulating the web right now is not the final version we're going to see in stores so oh boy with all that covered i don't even know where to begin so you breeze through all these character details and all these looks and everything what stands out to you guys most who are you most excited to say c-3po seems to have a bow caster yep is he going to be useful in battle for finally 
That's what I'm excited I about. I don't mind seeing that. I saw I saw someone write about it, and they said, hey, "Does this mean that Chewbacca's going to die?" And C-3PO picks up the boat. The I would to hate carry that. On no, the thing. I, and I was. Why not? We, we, we saw that. We saw Luke die. We saw Han die, and Leia is if obviously. If we were still Fisher's doing dead. scoreboards, there's no way I would put any kind of bet on Chewbacca dying. Okay. All right, but that's the one thing that I thought about. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty badass to pick up and fight for his." And that's the motivation to fight for his friend there. Uh, I would be excited by that as well. But the Red Stormtroopers, I'm finally happy that they showcase them if that's an actual uh, image that they're going to use and also the Knights of Ren, finally, because the Knights of mm-hmm. Ren were so not even talked about in this in Last Shadow. It was super frustrating. So to see how they were uh, teased in a, Force Awa- in a Force Awakens, seeing them possibly come out becoming a bigger force in this movie excites me. I find it really interesting that both of you went straight to like old characters, mm. characters that we're familiar with and didn't. Yeah. I thought you were going to immediately say one of the new ones because I don't know that's kind of just what caught my eye Mm. first because it's brand new material and basically what I'm expecting to happen at Star Wars Celebration is something similar to what we got at Star Wars Celebration Orlando which is where the episode 8 panel was mainly about introducing characters like Rose and we got a whole bunch of behind the scenes shots and official images the first look images of these characters so I don't know why this leak happened but I feel like it's a precursor to going to Chicago and getting full images of Mm. these new characters and I'm a freaking huge Carrie Russell fan and if she's (laughs) playing a bounty hunter that sounds so badass and it sounds like such a perfect like one step away from something like the Americans and what I've seen her do on the little bit that I've actually watched that show so I really do like that pairing right there Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad this isn't the official poster because it makes me I mean I look at this even at Carrie Russell and I think I want to see her without the helmet Mm -hmm. and what is this yellow alien behind Finn I want to know who that is Mm Or do I? I mean, I, I kind of, there's other characters that I would hope would get more of a spotlight. Maybe Lando? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, yeah. the interesting thing about the Lando uh, issue in this poster, because two characters that weren't in this image mm-hmm. that I think surprised some were Lando and uh, Leia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Lando's case... The addition of Janna, if she is playing his daughter, I find that very intriguing. And, you know, I mean, this this franchise is kind of about introducing us to a new generation of characters. So it's like if in this last uh, installment of this particular trilogy, we see her front and center mm-hmm. representing Lando and what he did in the original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, including of actual appearance by Lando in the movie itself. I don't know. I kind of like that touch in this poster. Yeah. Uh, I like the way that they're highlighting, uh, you know, Ray is standing above them all. You see that very proudly. You see Poe looks like he is assuming the soldier thing that Leia was talking to him about at the end of Last Jedi, which I enjoy here. And uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with how they've laid this thing out. And I get your point, Kim, though. It could be a Captain Phasma situation where we never see her face. <gasps> and she's, and just she's a it. huge letdown. And it's a huge letdown if, if they go that route. But I mean, I doubt they'd hit the same beats. And that's also someone that's missing from this poster. So is she fully dead from what happened to her in Last Jedi? We don't know. Um, I'm not surprised not to see Leia on this poster. I've always been the belief since Han died that Kathleen was kind of slowly moving the old people out so that the new people could take the front and center. And I'm not. Mm -hmm. So Leia not being uh, the focus of this poster lets me know that she's probably either dead when the movie starts or they address her death quickly at the beginning of the movie and focus on the newer characters. I like how you're on a first name basis. 
Texas with Kathleen Kennedy now. Yeah, well, you, guys you know. Up? You got all the secrets? He calls hey. her Katie sometimes. <laughs> no, I am not above her. She's not above me. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, man. I want to know everything. Is there anything else that stands out that you guys don't want to miss before we move on? <laughs> Poe is dressed like Nathan Drake. <laughs> I from think the I, Uncharted yeah, series. I think I read somebody else making that comparison in some sort of I don't about hate this. it, <laughs> but it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, all three of them do have like slightly yeah. different looks, or or at least you know, I, I guess the way I would describe it. And again, this is just an image, but like they exude more confidence in their looks to mm-hmm. me, the way they're positioned and the way their facial expressions are in that poster. But hey, at this point, I might just be reading into it too much. <laughs> yeah, and there's uh, a couple of great new ships. In that poster, yeah, which yeah. who knows if they're true or not. Uh, I like Finn. Finn looks like he's been moved up in rank. So what you say, I think, makes sense. He looks like he's more in command of the situation. But really, Ray to me is a standout here, and a little bit Kylo too. Kylo, the mask is back, mm-hmm. so he's repaired that thing. If this is a true poster, and the lightsaber doesn't look like it's vibrating off, it's a straight, more of a straighter line, more of a sharper edge, which I like as well. It's a little more jagged than Ray's, if you look mm-hmm. closely. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right, guys. Those are the details we picked up on, but now I'm going to leave it to you. Hit the comments section below. Tell us what stands out. Tell us what you're really excited about with Episode Nine, and also what you're hoping to get at Star Wars Celebration. We are going to be on the ground in Chicago, so you are going to get so much as we get it in the panel. So keep an eye out for all that coverage. All right. Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends... Over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, frequent panelist on Collider Movie Talk. Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or jump into Doom Patrol, DC's most beloved team of super freaky superheroes. Featuring an incredible cast of Joyvin Wade, Diane Guerrero, April Balby, Alan Tudyk, Matt Bomber, and Brendan Fraser, with new episodes dropping weekly. Or get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love, like Batman, Batman Returns, and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, join now because the new Justice League vs. The Fatal Five is coming soon. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. So if you were thinking about it before, now's definitely the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com.
Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Next story now is actually coming from a tweet that I saw yesterday after movie talk wrapped up, and I just found it very interesting. And Mm. we've kind of been enjoying speculating on the show, especially with Avengers Endgame fast approaching. So I pulled a question from Authentic FNL on Twitter, who asked, did Thanos actually survive his snap? Someone mentioned yesterday, now stuck with me, not entirely clear on rewatch, could dust off screen and what we see on the farm is a stone or parallel universe or something. Mm. So did Thanos survive or did Thanos kind of just kill himself with the snap? What? He He's alive, right? That's what the question's yeah. asking. Is he or isn't he? I think he is. Okay. He didn't get one of those posters, did he? Those <laughs> he confirmation posters? He didn't get a poster. Um, I know there were a couple fan posters circulating for him, though, and I, I mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. liked the farm one. <laughs> I don't know. I think there is something to this. And, you know, this this might be my creative mind spinning out of control right now, but could you imagine if uh, Avengers Endgame opened up and the first scene was Thanos, like, wasting away? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was the first place my mind went, is that, like, what if just a couple minutes later he wound up turning to dust, too? I actually don't think that's possible even though i do find it very very interesting if he never realized that he could be on the wrong side of the snap but what i do think could really be happening here is given the way the landscape looks because we know that titan looked kind of destroyed the russos have already confirmed that this is titan too but what if he is stuck in some sort of like idyllic realm in the soul in the soul stone or something like that Mm. that seems very real to me and it also seems like it would tee up the way that i think endgame is gonna pan out which isn't necessarily the remaining avengers versus thanos it's the remaining avengers focusing on how to get their loved ones back not so much battling the big bad that seems to be the feeling uh, that, yeah, that seems to be the feeling of that. that, that it's not going to be about Thanos. Even in all the trailers, they're about getting, it looks like they're getting together to get people back, to you know, get this, get their friends back somehow, some way. The suits, walking in, the quantum stuff, all of that's been introduced. And if you read the Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos regrets what he does, ends up on that farm completely broken. So this may be something that he realizes. Remember that line, you know, that exchange with Gamora near the, mm-hmm. or child Gamora near the end where she says, what did it cost? And he says, everything. everything. Everything could be his life, himself, everyone around him and everything like that. So that to me, there's certainly a possibility where maybe he's not dead, but he is certainly alone in a realm by himself. What has he done? He's been, this has been the price. The price is you can get your fantasy of killing half the galaxy but the exchange is you will not be able to have contact with anyone else ever for the rest of your life that's interesting because i think i'm with a lot of people who might have assumed oh the the gauntlet would heed him but he never said half half and half but keep me on the alive half. right right he he could totally be susceptible to that i like that idea more of this um soul realm we're calling it like the the orange 
No, would you the Soul Stone Zone. The Soul Stone. Soul Stone Zone. And I'm going to get used to saying that eventually. It, it was. It's. It's an interesting idea. I don't. We've never had a Marvel movie where we didn't really have a villain, though, have we? Like there's not someone that, to fight. No, at the there's end. always been not a villain. that comes to mind. I mean, right. there's been scenarios I think where like someone is presented as though they're the big bad, but then their intentions don't wind up being so evil. And mm. but you gotta fight someone. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But who would they fight now except for sadness? That's what a lot of <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of people are speculating about is who could be the villain in this thing and you know, is it another is it another bigger, more powerful villain that's coming into this situation? No way. I, you, yeah, well, you can't why do you a, shut down so much I don't speculation? Know, like, you, can't, do you need to be right, Barry. Like you no, said, no, there's but no like, way. The, you can't tee up Thanos for as many films as they did. Like remember the conversation leading into Infinity War? It's right. like Thanos was like the biggest bad of all big bads. Right. That's what the conversation was. So if, it's like if as originally presented, Infinity War and Endgame were supposed to be Avengers and Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2, mm-hmm. it would just make no sense in my head for them to then top Thanos with a bigger bad. Well, Galactus would be the bigger bad, certainly a possibility here. Uh, we haven't seen Hela, um, and we don't know Isn't if she's she dead, dead or not. We don't know if she's dead or not. Did you see a body? I didn't see a body. So we don't know if she's alive or dead, because in the Infinity Gauntlet comic, he does this for her, for Mistress Death, who is Hela. Mm-hmm. So there's possibilities here. I see your point, of course. You build up someone, and then just have them kind of push away, but that's life isn't it you think this one thing is tough to overcome then you get to that next level you realize oh wait there's another thing i got to overcome and this has always been building and building and building so i wouldn't be surprised they go to the next level the russo brothers and present an even crazier bad i don't know okay here's the question i have for you then do you think it's more likely that they go the next level in terms of introducing a bigger villain or do you think maybe they can introduce something more along the lines of a redemptive arc for thanos where he winds up being alone and sad and realizing he made a big mistake and somehow i mean Mm -hmm. i'm not saying they're gonna just like wipe away everything he did and they're all gonna be friends but there's gonna be some sort of component where he has to like concede or help them out just to fix what he did. I think that's possible because that's what happens in the Gauntlet comic, that he ends up helping them to restore things back to where they were because he realizes the mistake he made, uh, and Nebula helps with that. So, is that possible? Sure. Um, The other thing, though, Perry, to think about, and, and Kim as well, like this idea that Maybe they're confronting, should we be turning back time? Should we be messing with timelines just for the selfish desire to bring our friends back like Captain America did with Bucky? Remember the Civil War situation? Should we be doing that and risking, you know, just because we bring one person back, just because we haven't seen five million other people in another city, they could be affected by you bringing back uh, anyone that's died. That's something they could confront as well. The morality of what they're doing the should they be of messing? Saving half the population. Saving, they're already dead. You can't save <laughs> people who are dead. Bring back them. Yeah, I you, guess yeah, it's, you can confront that. Should we? Should we not? It feels like that mostly gets called into question when it's the thing of like, oh, do I save the one I love at the expense of an entire city? Like we're talking about half the population at this point. True. But something you brought up is kind of sticking in my mind Mm -hmm. right now because like I feel like Thanos in Infinity War, even though he does terrible, terrible things, there is no excuse for what he does. But I also feel like the character was presented to us in a way that wouldn't make me think that if he realized he was wrong. Right. He wouldn't admit it. 
Okay. Like I, I oh, you think, don't think he'd admit it if he was wrong? No, 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 I do. You do I think? Do. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything happened mm-hmm. in Infinity War that would make me think if things had gone so wrong with his original plan to such an extreme, I think I could maybe see some sort of arc where mm-hmm. he turns around and admits that the snap was a bad idea, which is a, such a weird thing for me to say, basically after we <laughs> talked about um, an episode 9 story, because I've been one of those people who've been saying all along, you can't redeem Kylo Ren, he's irredeemable, and look at this guy, he just killed half the population. Well, Thanos is doing it from a place of conviction and purpose. Kylo is a whiny little emo kid. There's a difference. Like, he has I Thanos mean, as conviction. Yeah, do we think Kylo Ren thinks he's helping everyone overall by doing this? Right. No, he's kind of just doing what he wants to do. Yeah, whereas Thanos has, he thinks he's doing the right thing for the universe or the galaxy, right or wrong. And sometimes when you, someone with conviction of purpose gets shown the other way to look at things, they can be an even greater soldier in that battle. So I guess Kylo's uh, purpose is purely selfish yes i think yes where i also don't like him i was (laughs) trying so hard to find some sort of angle there it's not working it's it's like he doesn't even care about serving the first order like hux does so he's all out for himself it's all about him all right so kylo probably not getting redeemed hey maybe (laughs) thanos has a chance now before we move on to our third story today i'm going to remind you we're taking your live twitter questions at the end of the show as always keep them fresh new short and sweet and maybe we will pick them and answer them right here all right now story number three this is a big one actually from our own jeff snyder who wrote a great piece on collider.com even after we discuss this highly recommend going on the website and checking this out so he wrote a piece about the five options that he thinks disney has with new mutants with the release of new mutants and i'm going to run down all these options now all right number one is release new mutants into theaters and then just hope for the best Option two would be release New Mutants on Hulu, and then Disney owns 60% of Hulu, so that's how that could happen. And then option three is release New Mutants on Disney+. Plus. So those three versions, when he says release them on those platforms, he means as is, whatever the cut is right now. Then we move into option four, which is basically don't release it ever. <laughs> um, and Jeff even says uh, this possibility seems very unlikely because so many and he's this this is one of my favorite things that he wrote hundreds and hundreds of people worked on new mutants and that work deserves to be seen so that's something to consider here so are any contractual obligations that they might have to the cast of the movie then option five spend the money to fix new mutants and go from there jeff sources say that the film is salvageable boone was just never given the chance to do the reshoots that fox originally wanted but if disney were to let's say dip into its really big pockets shell out something like five to ten million dollars and let them fix new mutants the way they had planned then all of a sudden it might be worth it. I know where I land on this. I'm tossing it to you guys first. One, which option do you think Disney will go with? And then two, which one do you want them to go with? And they can be the same. Fix it. Fix it and release it. I just, it just seems like, I mean, it's a lot to me, but to them, it's not a, it's a negligible amount of money to be able to put this out in theaters. You have people in it that audiences would like to see, even if this isn't maybe coherent with Disney's plan for what we're going to do with this franchise in the future doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. I think I'm with you on that. That's 
that's the option that I want to go with. I, I mean, I've said it before on the show time and time again. I've really been looking forward to this movie ever since that first trailer dropped. I'm a big fan of Josh Boone. I like a lot of this ensemble. And if we're talking about 5 to $10 million in reshoots for a movie that Fox already paid to get made, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Because I think Jeff even says it in the piece. Let's say a movie like this opens with $20 million. Well, you got a lot of your money back. And, of mm-hmm. course, that doesn't account for a marketing budget. But even then... I still have a good feeling that this movie would be able to make its money back at the very least break even. And then on top of that, it's just it's the right thing to do. It sends a much better message well, than let's say like hiding villains something. If they throw it away, you know? It, well, exactly. I mean, we already have we're facing what thousands of layoffs. Mm. If you want to look like the bad guy, throw away you know, someone's art into a trash can and pretend mm. it never existed. And I think the way Jeff put it in his piece is it wouldn't be a good look. Mm. And I know that's a very simple way to say it, but he is right. That would be a terrible look for Disney after this deal is closed. You're right. Oh, he's got something I know. controversial I'm worried to about say. which way he's going on this look, now. here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the smarter move is releasing it on Hulu Plus as a way to get people to watch it. Why would you waste five to ten million dollars? And it is wasting five to ten million to fix a film for characters you're never going to put on screen again with those actors. Plus, the way Maisie and them responded to it, being like, "I don't know what the f is going on with that. Who knows what the f is going to happen with that?" Like she was very adamant about it, and they didn't even do the reshoots that they had said they were going to do. So you're going to bring this whole cast back together, who are maybe a little bit older, look a little different, who knows, been a bit, and then you you're going to have them reshoot this whole thing and go back into this world and who knows if it's going to work out who knows if you want to revisit it. you know sometimes you do something and it seemed like a good idea at the time and then someone comes up and goes hey you want to come back and do it then you come back and do it like oh, this doesn't feel right anymore and I feel like anything they do with Dark Phoenix or New Mutants is just a colossal waste of time because you're not going to bring these characters back with these actors you're we're not, not. We're so not you talking. clean the slate clean and just be done with it yes I get your point both of your points about like you know oh the message it sends and getting rid of it and Jeff's Jeff surprising is very idealistic about the fact that so many people have worked on a film. She should respect that. Films get shuttered all the time. Films get shut down all the time. Films fail at the box office all the time and you still lose the money. For me, it's just like, I feel like, why are you doing this uh, other than to try to make a buck? There's no real desire to go forward with this franchise with these actors. So to me, it just seems a futile effort. It's like moving in with someone and then you're still like letting them keep their ex- extra stuff around the house. It's like, well, why? Three things. Sure. Make a buck. I feel like I'm going to forget the three things before I say that. <laughs> like, list them first, then details. Make, make a buck, if yes. You yeah. I also think it is the respectful thing to do for all those people, some of which could have lost their jobs. But then on, the, uh, on top of that, it's also respecting the talent that you might want to work with in the future. Yeah, maybe they're not going to come back in the franchise as X-Men, but, I mean, could you see Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner just to bring both of the movies into the equation right now could you see them signing on for a Disney or a Marvel movie or just something down the line because yes I certainly can and who knows obviously she dropped a whole lot of Mm f-bombs Maisie Williams when she was talking about this you could sense the French the frustration but we don't know what she thinks about the actual film and and if she really wants to have it released and if someone like her who's in the movie wants to see it hit the big screen and Disney might want to work with her in the future it behooves them to invest this itty bitty amount that is like nothing to them because still yeah. I firmly believe that if they invest this and a minimal marketing budget
budget, they are going to make that money back. And then what harm does it bring to them? It only does good for the other people that worked on it. And also, here's a fourth thing for my list. Sure. It is also showing respect for the fans. I know that nobody, or very few people, at least at this point, have sky-high hopes for these two movies. Mm-hmm. They've been very troubled productions, but there are most certainly people out there, myself included, who have been looking forward to these movies, who have invested a significant amount of time like eagerly awaiting these movies, and to not be able to see them, I know it's not the case with Dark Phoenix, but you get my point. <laughs> As a fan, yeah. I feel like it would be respectful if they just released it and gave me the option whether or not I want to watch it, and I think most people would take the option. I mean, when you said Dark Phoenix, I wanted to agree with you. <laughs> it's too soon to do the Dark Phoenix saga. It but, was. I mean, it, it is, five to ten million dollars is not that much in the Disney coffers, and it's maybe you don't need good PR, but maybe it'd be worth it to stop bad PR, because if they do this disrespectful thing they're going to look like you know the big bad mouse who only cares about money and they don't care about the fans they don't care about filmmakers they don't care about art it's all about the bottom line you don't want to be that especially when you're you know taking over the world the way you are as disney mm-hmm. but that's my point i don't think they could give a crap i, I think they're, you don't, you don't they don't want to be the 60 percent right now of the movie like that's madness 60 percent so we don't kowtow to Maisie. Maisie kowtows to us. That's the thing. If you're a corporation, you can find a young, great actress anywhere. Anywhere. You can find it if you're Disney. They will come to you. And so to me, they, I don't think they have to do this out of goodwill or, or have to do this out of for creators or whatever. I, I think they've got a, a bottom line. And as Perry said, our first thing is make a buck. That's the bottom line. Can we, as we assess this situation, make a buck? If not, we throw, we, you know, we, we, maybe we dump it on the Disney Plus or dump it on some whatever. We're done with it. We don't want to sink any more budgets into it, wasted money into it, and then move on. Uh, but I just don't, I don't think they're like, oh, maybe Sansa won't come back and work with us. I, I think Disney could care less. They are a corporation that is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Exactly. And if you're trying to take over the world like Disney is, yeah. you can't look like the bad guy. You have to get people to think you deserve to take over the world. You need their goodwill. You need them on your side, not opposing you all the way. Do you think someone's not going to go see a Disney film because they, they throw away New Mutants? Do you think, they, you know what, it I am happen. not going to go see that Mulan movie now. It's also about something like, you know, bad buzz and just like yeah, putting a bad taste in your mouth building over time too. Because yeah, I know Disney's one of the biggest companies out there mm. and how much of the industry they actually own. But, you know, it might take time, but if enough bad decisions are mm-hmm. made, that could eventually turn sour and sure. screw them over, especially Absolutely. with empires like uh, Netflix and now Apple with all mm-hmm. their stuff starting to build. So, again, I think it would be in their best interest to you know, basically do what they did with James Gunn. Actually, now that I say that, I believe Jeff brought that up in his piece right mm-hmm. now, too, is that they clearly they realized they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And they changed their initial decision. And if they could see what the right way to go is mm-hmm. on a scenario like that, they have to be able to see the good in spending a very minimal amount of money to at least release this thing. Well, there was that other THR report that said that they just wanted him to lay low for a while. Then they were going to bring him back the whole time anyway. So who knows? Who know? We don't know yet what the truth is, but 
You know, I take your point. Absolutely. I get what you both are saying thoroughly. It's just at the end of the day, I don't know how much Disney really cares. And they are. I think we're art of warring it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they've been, you know, they've been vilified for decades. You know, people talk about the mouse all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, since the Walt Disney time. The big bad mouse. The big bad mouse. Everyone talks (laughs) about it. These aren't like beloved. These don't, don't like beloved movies that people want to see. These are movies that have troubled productions. So, you're just like I don't think it would have the same connotation necessarily. Like if they all of a sudden stopped Aladdin, that would be something. That would be something because that's that would their be own unfounded. property, their own thing, their own thing. That but would with be something weird. like this, yeah. But something like this, I think they won't lose that much to get rid of it. But you're probably right. They're probably going to spend the money and try to fix it and see what they can make out of it. I hope. I just think. You'd be done with it and move on. That's my thing. I hope. I mean, uh, another thing Jeff mentioned is that even if they do commit to doing those reshoots, it's just, you know, we're talking about a cast that's insanely busy right yeah. now because yeah, they're very, very good and very in demand. So yeah. it might be tough to pull together those reshoots. But New Mutants, I'm rooting for you one way or the other. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. One last time, I got to tell you, Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to stream the original series, Doom patrol with new episodes dropping weekly for those not familiar with doom patrol sit back let me tell you they're one of the most beloved and bizarre superhero crews out there with each member having suffered a previous horrific injury that now gives them unique superpowers they have united as a squad of super freaks to fight for a world that ironically wants nothing to do with them the star-studded cast is led by joy van wade as cyborg diane guerrero as crazy jane april balby as elastigirl alan tuttick as mr nobody with matt bomber as negative man and Everyone's favorite Brendan, Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. Enjoy Doom Patrol, as well as other original series, thousands of added comics, animated films, and classic DC movies on the ultimate DC platform, DC Universe. Available on your favorite devices. Join today and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. (laughs) All right, we got one more story to hit today, and it is a casting story because, according to Variety, Sonequa Martin-Green is now in negotiations to join LeBron James in Space Jam 2, and they're reporting that she is going to play James's wife in the film. Movie hits theaters July 16th, 2021, and production is due to get underway this summer during James's NBA offseason. So this is basically just the Sonequa Martin-Green appreciation section of the show. (laughs) Who's excited? Does this make you happier that Uh, we've got Space Jam 2 coming our way? I hope she has a substantial part because when you look at these movies and you look at the wife character, Mm. there's kind of a stereotype or maybe a trope of kind of like a bummer, you know, you come home and stop having fun adventures or you better bring me, babe. You know, it's just, it's never, I mean, not never, but I'm wary of a very throwaway part for her. Hmm. You don't cast Sonequa Martin-Green in a movie <laughs> and give her a throwaway part. Are you caught up with uh, Discovery? Yeah, yeah, I love Discovery. She's, She's incredible. She really is incredible, mm-hmm. though. Like, I will believe anything she says on that show. Yeah, it's fantastic because, like, you know, starting out Walking Dead, when she first came on, I'm like, oh, this is going to be three or four episodes with her and she'll move on. And then all of a sudden, it became a longer character. And she emerged from these other, from this crew that came on with her. She emerged to be the real star of that whole crew that came on and so you followed her and then when she left Walking Dead you're like whoa Mm -hmm. and she moved on to be the lead of a Star Trek show look yes you'd be excited but also a lot of trepidation can they relaunch this franchise you need the right person hey you pick someone like Sonequa Martin-Green see what she can do with it she really has come into her own as an actress 
from the first season to the second season, even more so, grown in power and confidence and strength as an actor. You see it happening, as you do when you get older as a human being. So it's great to see you do that in the work. Jumping into this is just fun. This is fun for her. This will be a nice paycheck. She gets to work with LeBron James, Looney Tunes, all this kind of This expands her brand. It's a smart move overall. Will it be a, you know, one-dimensional character? We'll see. These are cartoon live-action movies. I want her to play but, basketball. Yeah, well, that would be something. That would be something. For that, you can see Lisa Leslie and Uncle Drew. She plays basketball. Huh. But, like, this this could be something, uh, a lot of fun for her to do. And once again, I think, it, like, she plays these super serious characters. Mm-hmm. This year, plays something a little more light hearted is good overall for her. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. that. And this yeah. this is going to be her first big summer yeah. blockbuster, right. assuming it winds up hitting blockbuster status. Mm-hmm. So this is a big move for her, and I'm kind of excited to see her make it. It's skewing way younger than her other things that she's well known mm-hmm. for, too. I mean, Star Trek Discovery, I, kids can watch it, but I would definitely say it's an adult show. Yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah, Looney Tunes definitely skews a lot younger <laughs> than uh, Star Trek Discovery and what they're digging into right now. Uh, so yeah, fingers crossed for a meaty role for Sonequa Martin-Green. And with that, that is the end of our main stories, but now it's time to tell you everything you're going to get on Collider tomorrow, and that includes, as always, Collider Live, first thing in the morning. After that, it's Jedi Council. Roka, can you tease anything on Jedi Council? Yeah, well, we're definitely going to talk about that poster a little bit more, and you know you're going to hear Christian and Ken have some things to say about mm-hmm. it. And the lovely Emma Fife is going to join the crew to talk about that as well, and also some other uh, interesting tidbits that have dropped. The Mandalorian with Werner Herzog, what he had to say about it so there's gonna be a lot of good good, good star wars conversations going good on. stuff and then after you watch that come right back here to movie talk at 4 p.m pt live all righty twitter question time i had to pick this one so brad whipple tweeted in fun hypothetical if you could have thanos enter any movie verse and snap which <laughs> franchise would you choose and why new mutants no uh... <laughs> they've had enough <laughs> Go in and snap. I know one. This is like the most controversial thing I'm ever going to say. Actually, I'm I'm switching my answer. I'm going to put Thanos in Independence Day Resurgence and have him snap at the very beginning of the movie. Why is that? Only half, but half the movies. That movie. But half the movie's going to exist. Half the movie's going to exist. That's half how it the works. characters are going to exist. Yeah. It'll change the course of events for the entire movie. Okay, fair point. What movie could use fewer characters? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is the question yeah. here, isn't it? Ooh, Predator. Just go in there and snap your fingers and destroy half that franchise. It would be great. So they can restart it and do it better. That would be fantastic. What if he just crosses over to WB and snaps the Justice League? Ooh. Oh, no. Speaking of Zack Snyder. No, I'm shaking. I'm shaking. <laughs> it's difficult. Because like, my first answer was going to be um, Fallen Kingdom. But it's just like, that's the oh. problem with the snap. It's all random. And could you right. imagine if I was left with all the mansion people and not the cool people on the island? Then I'd be miserable in that franchise. What <laughs> movie has too many people in it? Would you do I've... it with Star Wars? No. Okay. This is questions. No. Questions. First of all, how dare you? How? Oh, what are you trying to kill after Justice League? Fast and Furious. No. No, no you, you can't. Do you can't. They're, They're family. family. They're family. They live a, it's Olive Garden. Uh, Good questions. 
Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. I think that's good. All right. I'll take it. We, we each <laughs> named something. I feel like we all named something and then backpedaled on it, but yeah. and then it counts. that immediately. Yeah. All right. So apparently today is World Theater Day. Ooh. So Alex Dom tweeted in, what is the best theater to film adaptation and which theater production do you want to see adapted into a feature? I'm still waiting for the Wicked movie. I will second what Alex said because... I was obsessed with Wicked when I was in college. I think I've seen... It's either between Wicked and Rent, which one I've seen on stage most, but still to this day, I know every word of every song in both shows. Do you see yourself more as a Galinda or an Elphaba? I like a little of both, and I think that's part of the reason why I love the story so much. Because I've sung popular, but I, I can't decide which side I like more, you know? I, think I don't think I can either. Yeah. You're Alphaba, definitely. definitely. Why? Because she's wearing green? <laughs> she's wearing green. <laughs> By the way, next time we get drunk and do karaoke as a no. I, we are going to don't, do no. uh, some rent. Absolutely, Absolutely not. That all happens in my head and in front One of Dewey and nobody else. Glory. That was not oh. a good adaptation, unfortunately. I think because they didn't use the original actress from the Broadway musical. Tracy Thomas is great, but not well, using the original actress from Broadway She was great. They had a lot of the oh, original cast members in that movie. They did, though. but I also think it was 10 years too late because they were all a little bit too old for it. But, that being said, I saw that in London. I am with you. I am a massive addict. I know every line of, of Rent. So of, of Isn't the it. answer obviously but, Hamilton? To, to do? Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Well, they are. Remember when we covered the report that not necessarily that they're adapting Hamilton to the big screen, but they're going to shoot mm. a version of the show where they have mm. shot it already and they're going to release it theatrically. It's mm. like, that's a great way to we make money. to see it. I would. Yeah. I still have yet to see Hamilton and... I'm a little bitter about everybody's excitement about Hamilton because I can't, I just could never get tickets. I feel you, I feel you. Is so it, I'm like, whatever, then I'm never going to listen to the music. Is it any play or does it say musical? Well, the, um, Alex specifically just says theater, so play or musical. I would say Henry V is maybe one of the best theater to film adaptations I've ever seen. The um, the Brana version from 95 or 96, that's incredible. If you haven't mm. seen that, that's an incredible Shakespeare adaptation that does not speak above you. It speaks to you. If you have hesitation about Shakespeare, you'll love it. I feel like that's such a John Roca answer to that question. <laughs> well, I mean, some people think Shakespeare is so highfalutin. It's not. I majored in it, and I agree with you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Literature, not Shakespeare. You can't do that. Right. <laughs> All right. So those are your picks? Yeah, I can't think of... I don't go to much theater to know what should be done now. So. Uh, I feel like I need to go to more theater. Yeah, I think I do, too, because I keep thinking, West Side Story, but that's already coming. <laughs> it's happening, yeah. That's already happening. Yeah. I don't know. I lived in the theater district for something like six years, and I did not see nearly enough shows. Oh, you wow. know what I did see? I saw a lot of reverses. Like, I saw um, I saw Misery. Well, film's with going to... Misery with Laurie Metcalf mm-hmm. and uh, Bruce Willis. That was a cool, cool wow. show. They had her and Annie Wilkes' entire house on, like, a rotating stage, so there were like four rooms there were three rooms in the outside and then as the show would go along the thing would just spin it was incredible the, the two of them were great in it and the production design was something else avenue q's never been adapted right to, to i guess not i think so and i did actually see that yeah that would be a fun one they, they have never done that anything one. but cats truly oh god <laughs> cats is terrible there's no story they just announced guys and dolls what today oh, or like yesterday they're gonna redo guys and dolls which would be great because no offense to the great Marlon Brando. That man could not sing. And that musical is not good with him in it. Luck being a lady tonight. That doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. 
Sinatra's you, should, great. you should replace him just by doing an impression. <laughs> no. All right. We're switching gears right now from theater to reality TV because Justin Gilmore is asking, what reality TV show would you like to see as a film? Ooh. Okay. My favorite reality TV show is like an anti-reality TV show because <laughs> it's Terrace House on Netflix. It's the one that's set in Japan. And it has six young people living in a nice house. And it's not like the real world where everyone's terrible. They're all very polite and they have goals. And when they achieve their goal, they just leave and more people come in and it's calming. (laughs) That sounds really inspiring. I love it. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Now I feel bad that I was going to say road rules. I always watched real world growing up, but I always was more attracted to road Mm rules because like I like sports and I like extreme stunts and that show is filled with them. But I don't know like what kind of story that would actually call for. Yeah. You described. Mine isn't a story either. It's aggressively boring, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. I love the visual of like a poster for this with that as the tagline. Aggressively boring. (laughs) But I like it. But nice. (laughs) Uh, since I can't answer a certain movie trivia competition, I would say uh, The Bachelor. Okay. Uh, the Bachelor or Bachelorette would be an interesting, because people are addicted to that show. It would be fun to do a movie based on The Bachelor or Bachelorette and get more behind-the-scenes stuff, find out what's really going on in, uh, in that show and uh, how he, he or she gives the rose or doesn't give the rose. I think it'd be fun. Mm. <laughs> that That's or, mm. What's the Florida Georgia one? The Florida Bama one? I don't know what that oh, one is. Florida Bama Shore. Florida Bama Shore. Dude, <laughs> if I'm going to make money, Florida Bama Shore is the way to go. I'll tell you that right now. I'm so glad I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> Let's do one more question. It's another creative question from Luis E. De La Pena, who's asking, in honor of Space Jam, which actors or characters would you be, would, would be your starting five in a basketball team? You'd be the coach. I feel like we need to pick one or the other. Do you guys want to go characters or actors? Oh, Characters. That's all right. Fun, characters. Yeah? Who's your team, Roca? Now, do they have, do they to, have be, to be athletes? Yeah, Earthbound, or do they have to be kind of? I mean, it seems like because Thanos is patrolling my middle. That's I was for gonna, sure. Well, that was initially what I pictured yeah. too. Thanos is patrolling my middle. I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> you know, you, you know, the object is put a ball in the hoop. You got yes. five of them. Uh, Lola Bunny. I don't know. Lola Bunny. Nice. <laughs> nice. I think I would recruit. Uh, Original Groot, like Tall Groot. Oh, good yeah, call. Yeah. Great call. That's a good one. Tall Groot. Mm-hmm. Who jumps really high? Drax. Okay. Because if I learned anything from playing basketball with you, it's that you need a bulldozer on the court. Yeah, you do. Guess um, who gets the basket quick? People are giving me crap about that. I was like, the object was to win the game. I felt bad. They only played the horse version yeah, on, uh, on Collider Live. What and a nobody, shock. Well, I sent them the whole video, and that he, was all they played. Christian and, likes to make fun of me, so he cut that part out. <laughs> um, what about Dash as your point guard? Little Dash. I was thinking oh, about who, who would be fast. Mm-hmm. Or Frozone, if you want to stick Ooh, in the Incredibles Frozone. realm. Yeah, that's, Frozone's a good choice. I feel like someone from Star Wars would be smart, too. Oh. Somewhat like a, a force Which user. Which one, though? A force user. Yeah. Is that allowed? Does that break the rules? No, I think that's allowed. I mean, you can get someone who could fly if you really wanted. Right. But, who, but you got to get someone who can shoot from the outside. You got to get a three-point specialist. Who can shoot from the outside that you trust can get a shot? So I'll take a sharpshooter and I'll go with Minerva from Captain Marvel. I feel nice. like she could probably shoot a basketball. Absolutely. Okay. What about Tan- I'll go Tandy Newton's character from uh, Solo. I think she'd be great on the outside. This is a good call. Yep. I think okay. she'd find her shot. 
I don't remember where we're at and who took who, but yeah. like, Kim, you be the judge. Who's going to win, me or Roka? Uh, <laughs> you're both great. <laughs> That's it. That's how we end the show. Everybody winning, everybody loving each other. This was great. Thank you guys so much. Kim, where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at, at Kim Scorcher or on Instagram at at, at whoop. On at Kim Horcher. And Roka? Always at the Roka says, and if I could throw one plug in here with me and Mark Fernandez interviewing Billy Corbin yesterday, great documentary filmmaker. He has a new one coming out called Screwball. It comes out on March 29th, detailing the doping scandal that happened in Florida with Tony Bosch and Biogenesis, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez. Great. Go find it on the Collider uh, video channel. Hour-long interview with the guy. He's fantastic, full of energy, a lot of fun. Good stuff. And you can Find me on Twitter and Instagram at PNemrov. You can find Adam in the booth over at Denny's. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Movie Talk. Do not forget, like and share. Tell everybody you know about the show in video form and on the podcast network as well. Guess what? We're going to be back here tomorrow, 4 p.m. PT Live. See you then.